Welcome to Taboo and Turn On. I'm your host, Natalie Bartanian, and this is a podcast where we have real talk about real things, where we shed light on taboo topics and explore what it truly means to live a turned on life. I'm so glad you've joined, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Music by bensound.com. So today I have the pleasure of speaking to Rick Clemens. And so Rick, I met a few years ago now at a conference, World Domination Summit in Portland that convenes every year. And actually, it's perfect how we met because it was basically us having a taboo and turned on conversation in a park. My partner, Bob, Mm -hmm. and I were (laughs) talking about sex in the park. And Rick happened to be one of those people. And we just really quickly took a liking to each other. And we've been supporting each other in our kind of careers and moves ever since. So Rick is a bold move mentor and a coming out expert. So he's very, very, very well versed in this, in this space of taboo and turn on. And the reason I felt like it would be great to talk to Rick is, again, because he's been doing this work um, with his clients, but also in his own life, he, he has a very beautiful and unique view about taboo and turn on. So I'm really excited to have you on Rick so we can dive into what sounds like a conversation both of us get turned on by. <laughs> I know I'm moist already, so let's get this thing going. Okay? <laughs> oh yeah, well, you started, you said, yeah, we were having a conversation about sex in the park. I'm like, well, I think you guys were talking about sex in a park in Portland. I don't remember us having a conversation about sex in the park, but hey, I'll go with that taboo too. So. <laughs> That's a very good point. We were in a park yeah. talking about sex, yes. Which actually probably some of those people then went and tried to figure out how to have sex in the park right after that, you know, conversation. So, but it was all good. Right. Right. It was pretty PG people, but you know, but at the same time to have people on. Right. Right. And, and at the same time to have, I mean, in some ways that felt very bold for us in a way, you know, to gather 30 people in a public place Mm. and say, we're going to talk about your desires. Yes, we're yeah. gonna in a public setting. You're gonna say out loud the things that turn you on. That's that's really pushing the envelope. Even in, I think, even in today's world, you know, to gather a group like that and and go do that, a lot of people would feel so freaking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But just to see that you guys pulled that off, it was amazing, and. Um, I don't know. It just it was like one of those first times that I was like, "This is actually pretty cool." Because I always push the envelope anyway. But right. this was really cool to be seeing some of this happening. There were, I think, there were a couple of other, there were a couple of other meetups happening at the same time that were pushing those envelopes yeah. too. Thought, this is awesome. This is awesome to be able to have these conversations in an open space and just know it was safe. Yes. Yeah. And which is why that kind of area. And which is why I love the conference, because it does really have this space of, you know, all is welcome in -hmm. a way. And and you get to lead your own conversations. You know, you get to have your own meetups and conversations. And um, and and I love that it just brought so many of us kind of like like minded souls together so that 
because I know you're on this mission too, you know, to just really have these conversations around, around being bold, right. And what, and what that means and what comes up as a result, both the, what I guess would be considered shadow and light, right. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting though, is you were just speaking, I I never, and I kind of got goosebumps about this. If you really think about world domination summit, which I want to make sure everybody knows it's not a BDSM thing. Okay. It's really, it's, you know, (laughs) people get that confused all the time. And I actually have fun with it sometimes. Like, yeah, you know, there's like 3,500 of us and we like go really kinked out and everything. I'm I'm yanking your chain. Okay. But, um, if you actually think about it at its raw sense, and I was actually talking to Chris Gillibu the other day because he's coming on my podcast in a few weeks. Oh, but, um, if you think about it, World Domination Summit is all about breaking taboos. Yes. From yeah. whether you want to live location independent, you want to have a side hustle, you want to get rid of your corporate work and go do something completely different. It's all every bit of what happens at World Domination Summit from the entertainment to the things we do, the challenges we go through, the things we do in the communities. I believe it's really a beautiful space of breaking taboos. Agreed. Agreed. Because there's so much of this whole topic, which is, you know, you feel so alone because Mm -hmm. you're the only one that thinks like that or feels like that or wants a certain thing, but then you get 3,000 other people together that in some way or another, and it might not be the exact same thing, but again, yep. there's there's similarities here, right? Around the mm-hmm. the wanting to live life on your own terms and how and I think you even mentioned this, like regardless, someone is gonna look at that and think that's taboo. Like what are you doing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing, you know, doing yoga in the middle of Portland with eight hundred people in, you know, this you know, center of Portland? It's like people don't do that. You do yoga in a yoga studio, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's so interesting. I never had thought of that until we hopped on here and started talking, but I, I thought that's really rather interesting. There's so many taboos being broken throughout that whole experience. Mm-hmm. What do you think drew you to this kind of area of focus in your life, but also just kind of for yourself, you know, the part of you that I'm assuming really was drawn to taboo and turn on? <laughs> Well, I think my own journey has really brought it full circle. I mean, just being married and then coming out of the closet late in life, that's a huge taboo in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, you know, obviously being a gay parent, taboo. Um, Now being able to be married to someone I love, same sex, taboo. You know, it's it's been kind of everything I've always done. And um, not that I'm proud of it. I, I, I just... I've always broken taboos and some of them I'm not proud of, you know, the infidelity that's existed in my life. I'm not proud of that. Mm. Um, the joy that I feel of being a very sexual person, that's what some would consider a taboo. And I'm like, no, that's who I am. So, you know, screw you. This is, you know, this isn't, I don't see it as a taboo. I think being a very sexual person is a very beautiful thing, but then there's also a love and intimacy side of me too. I think it's just all, I don't know. It's all just been part of the journey. Even the way I've structured my business life, I've constantly moved and shifted and moved and shifted and and found my path. And, um, you know, I, I got out of college in 1986, which I know makes me sound really, really old. But 
I'm a, I'm a pretty handsome guy for 54, so just yes, going to say that. Right. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just think of all the big jobs I've had throughout my career. Each step was a taboo to say, you know, I'm leaving this or, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to put a stake in the ground. And I think people tend to forget taboo is so much more than some sexual thing. Right. Yeah. There's so many taboos we, we cross every day in our lives. Well, yeah, because even that makes me think of when I used when I had my corporate jobs and I was paid really well. And when I would decide to leave to go do my thing, I had a mm-hmm. couple of people that just would look at me and say, you're leaving a really good paying job. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Absolutely. <laughs> what and, is wrong and, with and, you? And that's so interesting because that right there is like their taboo flag going up. It's like, this is not what you're supposed to do. And that's when I oftentimes, in a very loving way, rather than telling them to fuck off, I say in my own head, well, you just showed me what's important to you and what you created is your own taboo. Mm -hmm. And we all do it. I mean, we can't, we'd be silly if we said, oh, no, Rick and Natalie don't, we don't do that. That's bullshit, too. We all create our own taboos in different ways because that's part of where judgment comes up. Ah, so the association, oh, I love that frame of whenever you're judging, notice if this, you're like kind of entering into taboo territory for Mm -hmm. yourself. And you may be for -hmm. yourself predominantly, but then that's what I think happens is you enter into that for yourself and then suddenly that becomes a standard which everything else gets judged against. And then as soon as somebody crosses that standard on your life, we may call it simple judgment, but if it's taken to the extreme, then you could see that as a taboo, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of crazy um, that we go down those routes. Yes. Well, and, and so I'm curious about the the kind of, why do you think we create taboos for ourselves? Because I get, I get the societal stuff, right? Like we've been just taught, taught this stuff around what you do and don't do. It's like stay in your lane or stay in this lane. Um, but why, why do you think we do that for ourselves? Mm, good question. I mean, I, I think safety. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously fear. Fear takes on many, many faces, but... Sure. You know, safety, fear, uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, uncertainty is a fear-based thing. I think a lot of times we stay in those things simply because it's easier than to go step into what we think is the taboo when in reality that taboo isn't, I don't know, it's not near as bad as we'd like to think it is. But yet yeah. because of the way we've been socialized, the way that we've been told that things are supposed to be, We've taken on many, many belief systems, which, again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with some of these belief systems. But yeah. when I when we take it to the extreme, then that's when I think it really, truly is taboo. You know, I, I you know, there's a certain person, second chair in the White House right now that, you know, says he can't go out to dinner with another woman because he wouldn't know how to control himself, you know, around another woman. There's a there's a taboo story right there mm. of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something that's been created around a belief that says this is what you can't do or, you know, it's taboo to go be a married man and out to dinner with another woman unless your wife's present. There is a good example of a taboo that's been created. Yeah, right, right. 
man and that stuff is so strong well it's strong and it's deep too yeah you know i know as i was coming out of the closet i had to shake off layer after layer after layer of being a gay man is taboo Mm -hmm. because that's all i'd heard even though i'd been around someone you know a family member who was gay you know whole life there was just this element of taboo that came with it until i realized well, if that's what it is, I can't shake this. I guess I'm just going to live this taboo life. Mm-hmm. Until I came around the corner and realized, for me, I'm just saying for me, mm-hmm. it's not a taboo. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm meant to be in the world. And, you know, it's really interesting. A few days ago, I was having a conversation with a young entrepreneur that I'm working with. And I'd never, you know, I, I, I didn't bring up, you know, that you and I were doing this or anything. And, he was sitting there talking about wanting to really move forward with his exit strategy. And the next words he said was, but I feel like it's just such a taboo. (laughs) And I was kind of like, Oh, Oprah's speaking. Here we go. We're going into our own little Super Soul Sunday thing with taboos and everything. I can't wait now to tell Natalie about this on the podcast. You know, it's like, it was just, it grabbed me and I thought, wow. Yeah. Because there's some story. So, of course, as soon as he said that, I said, so let me ask you, who's the person who told you Mm. that leaving to go do your own thing is a taboo? Mm -hmm. He goes, well, nobody's really told me that, but there's been so much programming around this that I feel like that's kind of what it must feel like. And I just found it really fascinating. Well, even it is because even recently I was talking to uh, my good friend about kind of like my bisexuality, which in, in a lot of ways, bisexual. Oh my God. I know. Crazy. Right. I should just be exiled. I know. So taboo. Well, and that's what she was saying. She kind of was looking at me incredulously and saying, but Natalie, it's not like you haven't talked about this before because her thing was, why are you so sheepish, sheepish when you talk about this and, and you just get weird and like, I can't have like a normal conversation with my friends about it. And I guess show my happiness or show my turn on or anything like that. And, and her exact words were, but it's not like you haven't talked about this in a public setting before you've shared that already as if like that was going to just completely eliminate the taboo part of it. And Mm -hmm. I was telling her, but whenever I think of bisexuality, I still hear those voices of Pick a pick a side already, and like, what's yeah. wrong with you? And you pick just want to pick a team. You want just want to have it all, and you you people don't know how to commit, and like, oh, you just want your cake and eat it too, and like all of these fucking mm-hmm. things that I heard peripherally, never said to me because I never came out around it, but right. I just heard that stuff and totally internalized all of these messages in society around bisexuality and I was just like shutting that shit down like I either yeah. am not gonna tell anybody and do it or just like disown that part of myself and I feel like mm-hmm. that's what happens and of yeah. course we shut off vitality and turn on because we shut off ourselves mm-hmm. well and I think what's interesting about what you just brought up there's a couple things first whenever somebody else is saying that whether they're saying it to your face or behind their own back it's a taboo they've created. Hmm. It's not what, what you've created. They, there's a taboo they can't, they can't get around about how we are living our lives. Notice I didn't say choosing to live our lives, how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. This is how we live. 
just like a heterosexual has the way that they live. Yeah. And what I find so fascinating about this is they turn on the taboo because they can't wrap their head around it yet. And we've seen this happen over and over again, you know, in public shaming of, you know, people and their sexuality. But those who cast that first stone, so to speak, are almost always the one who have taboo skeletons hanging in their closets. And I think it's sad that we can't kind of see each other for who we are. The second thing that I caught as you were talking is most people who want to throw that stone have found many, 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 many ways to marginalize everyone else mm. in a way to hide their truth. Kind of and that focus in and of itself on someone else. Yeah, so oh, that totally. you don't yeah. notice what I'm doing over yeah, here. Yeah, or... please let me let me throw all this at you so you don't see the truth of what's going on, you know, in my life. And yeah. it's unfortunate because then those are the ones that continue to perpetuate the taboo stuff because this is what we continue to say is bad. This is wrong, this is bad, this is what you shouldn't do. Yet if you've never done it and you've never experienced it, how can you know that person? You know, when I'm working with people coming out, you know, one of the things I encourage my clients and especially some people who are going to make a bold move is to really understand that you shouldn't say to someone, oh, I really understand how you feel because you don't. Mm -hmm. You haven't stood in their shoes. Mm -hmm. You haven't experienced the way their mind thinks. So until you have been able to fully experience that, you can't really call a taboo a taboo. And you can't really understand why they feel the way they do. It would be totally unfair. And, you know, in my own community, which you're part of, <laughs> it frustrates me to no end that my own, L, you know, LG community, not the B, mm -hmm. not the trans, because the trans has a whole different thing going on. But the gay and lesbian community just pisses me off around the bisexuals. Because they're as bad about saying pick a team. Yeah, or, oh, right. That's far enough yet. It's like, no, there can be people who this is how they live, you know, and I wish people would just accept that because we so bad wanted to be accepted as gays and lesbians. And then now we can't even accept this. You know, it's kind of stupid. Well, because I would hear it just as much from my gay male Absolutely. friends than exactly. I would from my straight friends. It's not more. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with a lot of bisexuals through the years. Some of them were kind of in the holding pattern. Going, sure. Oh, I'm this. Right, which uh, is true. I'm not discounting, again, the kind of... But there's... What I hear you saying and what I love about this is, again, the curiosity, like compassionate curiosity about someone's mm -hmm. situation, right? Yep. Instead of, and this is what, I mean, my friend was doing. I mean, she just didn't understand, right, why I was being such a weirdo, basically. And she's like, I just don't get it. And and so as I explained it to her, she's like, oh, okay. Oh, I, I to that totally makes sense, right? Like, oh, yes, those messages, I get it, you know. And she was just curious from a really compassionate place, which had me want to share with her. And also had me see, right, I, it allowed me to kind of dive in a little bit more to where my taboos were and that, mm -hmm. that were still in place, you know. Yep. But I think what's interesting is when somebody says, I don't get it, it's an opportunity to say, then let's go explore this together. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Not the sexual piece. That's not what I'm getting at. Sure. I'm saying, let's go explore this together so we better understand each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get shocked. You know, I, I get shocked faces many, many times when I'm out and about and somebody will say something around. Oh, so, you know, absolutely no women for you. I'm like, that's not what I said. <laughs> I said I'm gay. <laughs> that doesn't put past the possibility that you know if a woman in the right situation and everything i can be really fun and friendly with a woman but that doesn't mean my life is going to be centered around a woman Mm -hmm. it just in the right scenario it could be and there again people are like oh but you're just confusing me well sorry (laughs) my role on planet earth is not to keep you unconfused okay so if anything (laughs) because i'm a rebel and i'm a taboo stirrer upper I'd love to keep you confused because I think that's part of the fun of being in this world and playing <laughs> in the taboo. So, but um, it, it is, it's fascinating. And I get really frustrated sometimes. And I get, you know, I can be the pot calling the kettle black a little bit right now because I can see myself doing this. And then I'll stand back and go, really, Rick? You're saying this on the air. You're saying this in your books. You're saying this with clients. And then you'll pull this double whammy back and you become kind of the hypocrite. So in those moments is when I really have to step back and go, okay, let's reassess and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you want to show up? Because there's enough of this beautiful world these days. Not that I'm saying, you know, we're celebrities or anything, but there's enough of this medium that you get out there enough and there, are, this stuff can come back. And I'm okay with that, but I, I really try to look at it and go, okay, as much as I can, you know, higher power, universe, God, all that stuff, help me not to be a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Help me to live my truth, to show my truth, to let the people who need to hear the things that I'm sharing impact those that are needing it most. And also, by the way, help me not to be a hypocritical son of a bitch. <laughs> I love it. You're like, that's my daily Lord's prayer. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah. Lord, oh, help way, me not be a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and uh, I'll go wash my mouth out with soap now. But uh, <laughs> not that I ever would, because that would be so taboo. But anyway. So I want to I want to dive in a little bit to this whole concept of Regardless of what it is, if it's a bold move, there's mm-hmm. taboo associated with it, and more than one. The more the more bold you get, the more. I mean, I love I loved what you were saying about that. I'm so curious, kind of about that whole thing. Well, I just think the the bold moves can be anything, mm-hmm. and the thing that happens for most of us. So let's just you know let's let's put this in a completely non sexual frame for right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll just, you know, put everything back in my pants and we'll, we'll go down. <laughs> another um, think about somebody who's sitting in a corporate job, making great money, climbing the ladder like crazy, loved by their teams, hopefully, um, having a real impact on an organization, and they're sitting there completely miserable. Mm-hmm. The first time they go share that they're really miserable with somebody I would say there's about a 90% chance that person's reaction that they're sharing with is going to be, what are you, fucking crazy? What are you going to leave this great job? People don't do that. And there you go. You suddenly stepped into the taboo. Because the standard is if you make great money, you're climbing the ladder, you got everything going for you, everything's good, then you, thou shalt stay in that, you know, that lane because this is what we're supposed to do. 
But the minute somebody pivots, there's always going to be people who are like, you're crazy. And it is a taboo. It's a taboo to leave a solid job. Now, I'm going to caveat that by saying, I think the new millennial generation and the generations coming behind them, it's a whole different ballgame because they don't see this for the long term. They see this. I'm supposed to be moving and grooving and doing different things because this is what makes me happy and this is what helps me impact the planet and so on and so forth. So I think there, there's a shift that we're in conscious shift right now as it is. I think we're in conscious shift just around what a taboo is. But mm-hmm. the minute that person makes that move, and here's where it kind of ties to you know my coming out work. The minute they say that, they start the coming out journey because they're coming out into a space of going through a taboo move so they can be fully who they are. Well, the first place someone lands is the stage one of coming out, which is confusion. They've, they're conflicted and confused because should I stay in this job? Should I not? I really want to go do what I want, but people are going to think I'm crazy. People are going to criticize me. Well, hello, that's exactly the same stuff somebody goes through who says I'm gay, bi, trans, whatever. It's a whole lot of confusion that's going on in their own head before they do it. The second phase of that is, okay, there's a possibility I'm going to go do this. There's a real high possibility that I'm going to consider leaving this job and go do my own thing. It hasn't moved to the next stage, which is probability. But once they start to get, go beyond curiosity, they're getting committed. They're like really building their confidence. They realize there's a high probability that move is now going to happen. And in the probability phase is when the move actually happens. That's when the bold move happens. It moves from possibility to probability. And the moment they accept that, yes, this is who I am, that's when they make the move and they step into the acceptance phase of a coming out journey. Now, while you're in the acceptance phase, there's still some confusion and stuff going on because you're still trying to accept what you just did. You're trying to accept that you've left this job, that now you're going to go build something, and you're going to accept that there's now new challenges, but you're also accepting you and your happiness, you and your thrive, you and your just ready to take on the world. And when you finally get into that space where that acceptance is a daily practice, that's when you move to stage five of coming out, which is a prideful place. You're, you've taken pride that you decide to do your own thing. You're actively doing that thing. Everything you do on a daily basis, like doing these podcasts, is a prideful thing for me because I know each day that I get to have this kind of exposure and touch ears that may not be hearing this from somewhere else. I take pride that I am moving people from a place of not doing something, hopefully into their bold move, taking that coming out journey so they can live their life uncloseted. So in my world right now, what I'm doing is a very prideful space, which is also finally in this phase six is this is part of my integrated life too. Well, for someone who is taking pride in being an entrepreneur, they've left their corporate world, they now start to integrate each aspect of life from their how they make money to where they live, to the kind of office they want to work in as an entrepreneur, to the way they go to the gym, to the way that they travel the world. It all is integrated around them being their solo entrepreneur, or maybe they're going to be a multi-potential entrepreneur. Maybe they're going to end up having their own company, but they integrate it fully into their life. And this is how someone makes that bold move to come out, to do the thing they're supposed to do, and they break the taboo. I always feel like the taboo gets broken really in between the possibility and probability phase, because if you get stuck in possibility and you can't get beyond it, you're still seeing it as a taboo. As soon as you go probability and you accept that you're doing it, you just broke the taboo of coming out to go 
leave a corporate job, go do the thing you're meant to do in the world. I love that. And then what you were saying around, you've noticed inevitably that once we do make a bold move and have dealt with this one taboo specifically around this, that there's then other ones that will come up. Mm -hmm. Like they just kind of, what's that about Mm -hmm. this? Like other taboos cropping up like magnets. (laughs) Well, I think it's because it's so interesting. So now I'm going to go back to kind of the sexuality thing. It's always fascinating to me when I'm working with someone coming out around their sexuality we focus on that, we focus on that, we focus on that. And as soon as they get to the place where they're in the acceptance and they're starting to take pride in who they are as a, you know, LGBTQ, TIA, what all the alphabets are that we have on this thing now. Um, <laughs> We're going to own all of the alphabets. Yeah, we are. We're just going to own the, all 26 letters. We're going <laughs> to figure it all out. And, you know, then what are the heteros going to do? They're going to like, they have the whole fucking alphabet. They damn it. won't even give us H. <laughs> yeah, they won't even give us H anymore. No, because we already own H. Homosexuals rock. Um, anyway, um, it's so fascinating because as soon as they move into the acceptance and kind of pride phase, then something else crops up. Well, I just made this huge, bold move. I've come out of my sexuality. I've learned some stuff about myself. I've done this work with Rick that's helped me really see how this can be overlaid into another area of life. And literally, inevitably, something else crops up. It could be the work. Man, I really hate my job. I want to do something different. It could be a new relationship that they found on the other side of coming out that's just not working and they know how to like take that stand and come out and break through that taboo of you're not supposed to just break off relationships when it doesn't work out. You know, there's just always something I've had people go through huge amounts of weight loss. I've had people go through medical issues that suddenly they're like, you know what? I'm tired of screwing around with this medical issue. It's time for me to quit taking the doctor's word and go find some holistic practitioners, see what I can do again. Oh my gosh, you're going to not listen to your doctor. Well, yeah, sometimes they're, they're not the best source for certain people. So it's just, a fascinating, fascinating journey that um, I feel like I almost help people lay the blueprint from coming out in their sexuality or like the work I'm doing right now, lots of work around people coming out and saying, career, this career sucks, I'm going to do something. And once they lay the blueprint down for this, it becomes something they can do over and over and over again. Because yeah. they've already been through it. They've already gone through it. Right. And that's what I was thinking. Those six steps again, if you think about it. So I'm going to take the whole sexuality conversation out of this. Think about this. When you want to do something, the first thing that happens is you go through confusion and conflict. Then you think about, well, there's a, you know, I think there's a possibility I can get through this, but I'm not sure. But, you know, I'd rather think about the possibilities. Then as you start to think about possibilities, well, what starts to show up? you got all these different possibilities. Well, now you're going to step into probability because you have some options. As soon as you pick an option, then you can accept this is what I'm doing. And as soon as you accept that you're doing this, then you start to get excited. You start to take pride in what you're doing. There's uh, some energy around this that says I can keep going. And once you keep going, then it becomes an integrated part of your life. Boom, 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 boom. There you are. Yeah. It's a pretty simple process for any aspect of life. Yes. I always I always say this. They're simple. Doesn't mean they're easy. It's but no. it, but it is simple. Like there's so many things in life that's simple and it's just in the 
in the taking action around it for us mm. to see and, and kind of exercise those muscles and strengthen those muscles. And that's what I'm seeing when you're talking. It's, you know, basically it's our, our liberation, you know, yes. it's kind of coming out of this place where we feel we need to be something other than who we are. We feel mm. or, or do what we want to do. And yeah. as soon as we can kind of in one area feel liberated and feel empowered and feel responsible, like I am responsible for the, the direction and mm -hmm. happiness and quality of my life. Like when mm -hmm. I can get there, it's like, okay, like you said, I know I can do this mm -hmm. and I can do it in another place. So of course these things are going to pop up because it's like, oh, okay, cool, you did that over here, and now you want to look at this other area that you felt imprisoned? Or what about this other area where you felt imprisoned? Right. Or this other area where you felt mm -hmm. imprisoned? Yep. And I think what's so fascinating is as I'm starting to broaden my horizons and doing work, you know, for the last couple of years, it's I've been doing more work with entrepreneurs and, and people just coming to me going, okay, if you can help somebody come out of the closet, I'm sure you can help me do this. I'm like, sure I can, because it's actually the same process. Yes, yeah. But what's so interesting is I'm starting to have some very powerful conversations. I mean, I've been doing this work in college and university arena for a while now. But now I'm actually starting to have conversations with organizations going, where are the hidden closets mm. in your organization? Mm -hmm. Where's the closet that Sally in accounting is sitting in that has a really innovative idea, but nobody will listen to Sally because she's accounting. She's not on the innovation team. Or then you have Joe who's sitting over there, you know, he's in customer service. But one thing Joe knows that there's a great marketing angle that should be being taken around a certain product, but because he's so swamped and busy on the phones all day, taking care of customer service and there's quotas and there's call logs and everything that gotta be met, and da, 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 he never has a chance to share this stuff. And then companies wonder why innovation is failing, why creativity is lacking, why employee engagement is down, why customers are no longer becoming raving fans, which then in turn means that profits are down or revenues down and profitability sucks. But if we took a walk through metaphorically and literally and had conversations yeah. about Sally, let's talk about what you'd really like to contribute to this company and you open that closet door, suddenly you have a whole plethora of people coming out, like literally coming out, and they start feeling like they are no longer confused, that there's a possibility they might get heard. There's a probability if they start speaking that something they do might get really turned into something good for the organization. Now they accept that they are much more of a team player, which means they take pride in the work that they're doing, which means that coming to work and being happy and being a contributor becomes integrated into their daily life. And guess what happens when you have a whole team of people like that, that see that what they do is completely integrated into their life inside and outside of work. And they wake up energized and ready to come to the work. Oh, Innovation starts to be at the head. Creativity is just rampant like flowers growing in a field. You've got customers that are raving about you. You have employees that are fully engaged. And revenue increases and profitability increases. And you break the taboo of Sally and Joe are hired to do these things and these things only. Right. Let Sally and Joe be turned on, people, because then... Exactly. <laughs> Yep. then yep. everything would be amazing because that in my world it's like what would it be possible if everyone was turned on 
about what they do, yeah, about who so they funny. are. I, said, I, was, I was talking to a, a guy at Podcast Movement a couple of weeks ago, and he's actually a quite a well-known um, entrepreneur and forward-thinking guy. And I said, you know, I just wondered what would happen in a culture, you know, and it has to be the right culture that can handle this, what I'm about to say. But if every employee felt sexy in their role, mm. Mm-hmm. If they walked into work basically saying, I'm too sexy for my job, you know, <laughs> how much more engaged and fun and yes. fulfilled and innovative and all those things would a team be so that you can go out and break the taboos? And I do believe there are taboos in the business world oh, yeah. that competition yeah, and all that stuff are taboos that can be broken where you can be a top player. But you don't have to break be the, in the taboo of cutthroat and all this. I think there's other ways to do it. Yeah. Wow, Rick, this could be a whole other conversation, my friend. Could, I mean, yep. man, you just, woo. I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. Wow, can we definitely talk, talk about the corporate arena? But for now, I'm going to say that might be part two of this conversation. Absolutely. Who knows? But wow. And I'd you. love I think you and I could really go – one of these times we could really go dive into the taboo around sex. Cause I think there's just oh, yeah. so much there that if people would just free themselves from the taboos yes. so many different ways, their sex lives and their intimate, it doesn't even have to be the sex part. It could be the intimacy that they experience yes. with another human being when they break free of taboos is amazing. I know. Hands down. Yeah. Can we do that? We'll, we'll definitely yes. have another conversation Absolutely. around that because I'm like you, I, I don't want to have this kind of podcast be kind of pigeonholed into that place, which is why I decided not to continue with sex, a podcast, because as much as I love, I mean, I think it's in a way kind of what you did with, you know, kind of just focusing on coming out to just bold moves, yeah. right? Yeah. I want to yeah. be able to talk about this on a grander scale and a larger platform and all of the topics because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just confined to that space, but it is, that is where a lot of people have very obvious taboos, right? Mm-hmm. In the sexual arena. So but you're doing the same thing I'm doing. As soon as you can teach people how to get through the taboos in the sexual arena, yes. then they can start to take it and break through the taboos in other arenas. And yeah. it's the same thing as what I'm doing. I mean, we're, we're pivoting from the coming out lounge to the new podcast is Life Uncloseted so that I have this bigger platform where yes. it's like there's not just this sexual closet stories. There's all these other closet stories that people don't realize yeah. that they're hiding in. So let's tell them. Let's share them. Let's talk about the tips and tricks and let's make it happen. So, yes, hands down, girlfriend, anytime I'm ready to play, anytime you want to play. And so happy for you on this new venture. Oh, thank you. And I'm just realizing how you really are like the male version of me <laughs> like we have Girl, so so <laughs> i love uh, it i love it and it, so obviously we're going to have information about you in the show notes but if you just want to let people know where they can find you and you know digest some of your yummy kind of information um how can they find you love well, at any given day, just the closest winery is where you'll usually find me. But, <laughs> I know. Uh, we still need to do some wine tasting. Yes, we do. Um, but yeah, rickclemons.com, Rick, okay. C-L-E-M-O-N-S.com. And um, you'll see all sorts of stuff. We're in the midst of a rebrand. But um, hey, just check back. Cool stuff's coming your way. How to make your bold move in 10 days. Um, 
why you're not making your bold move, all that sort of stuff is going to be on the new website. So um, can't wait to, you know, support you and any of your listeners. So thank you so much for making me a part of this brand new endeavor. Thank you so much. I love you very much, my friend. Love you too, girlfriend. As always, thank you for tuning in to Taboo and Turn On. I really appreciate you opening your heart and mind to the conversations that we have here. And I really do hope that the conversation with Rick in some way gives you permission to express yourself more fully. So I really think that at the end of the day, that's where we are able to have the most turned on life is by expressing ourselves and shining our light. So instead of dimming your light by staying in some kind of a closet, whatever closet that is for you, allowing yourself to be seen, be loved, be adored in some ways, um, just for who you are and not having to be something you're not. Thanks again and until next time.